Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Living and Breathing Technology podcast. You're about to join Amina Agarwal as she captures and shares unedited stories of tech professionals as they reflect on the past, foresee the future, and discuss what they would like to change for a better tomorrow. Knowledge is power. Now, more than ever. Welcome to our show, Living and Breathing Technology. I'm your host, Amina Agarwal, and in this show, we talk about different aspects of life, a life away from technology. Sometimes in our lives, we need someone who allows us to see the hope inside ourselves. We are always looking for that one person who trusts us and helps us find a direction in life. You can call that special someone with different names mentor, a guru, a friend, or a guide. Today, I have a very special guest who has helped many women finding their paths into cybersecurity through various mentorship programs. She's a talented leader, mom of two boys, homemaker, and an amazing mentor. She makes sure that she leaves no stone unturned for her mentees to help them achieve their goals. So let me introduce you to Sheetal. Sheetal, very warm welcome. And if you could please share with our listeners your about your journey into tech and what do you in what do you enjoy the most? That is the life away from tech. Hello everyone. Hello to all the listeners. My name is Sheetal Kanade. Um, I grew up in a big city in India. Uh, contrary to many women in the developing countries, I grew up knowing that I was going to be part of the workforce. I never once was treated any differently than my siblings, and I got the same and probably even better access to education. So as a child, my life was full of dreams and possibilities. Um, I got an education from some of the best schools in Mumbai, um, uh, you know, one of the oldest girls' schools in India, uh, top engineering college in Mumbai. And that's how I landed my first job as a software engineer through college campus placements at a multinational company uh, that was located in Cyprus. Having said all that, um, I fail to mention one thing, which is growing up, I really didn't want to be a software engineer. Uh, but... I mean, I told, you know, my, my parents were very supportive of me uh, and my education, as long as it is related to science or technology or math, right? So I think that's something that is a common thread across uh, yes. class parents in, in India. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I decided to pursue a career in engineering. Uh, uh, not that I regret it. It's just that I was good at it. I, I had the right uh, credentials. I was able to gain the right credentials, uh, but it didn't start out as a passion for me. Um, yeah, coming back to, you know, where I um, started my first job in Cyprus. It is a, it is a vacation island, I would say, in, uh, in Europe. So that was my first trip out of India. Uh, first time away from my family. It was scary, but exciting. I got to experience different cultures in Europe, meet different people. I also met my uh, current husband, my, my would-be husband at that time, now my husband. Uh, I met him in Cyprus. 
Shortly we moved. Uh, shortly after we moved to US, and um, I began my career uh, in US uh, at the East Coast, working for uh, for a company as a software engineer. Uh, spent about ten months there before moving back to the West Coast uh, in the Bay Area, California. Um, that's where I truly began my career in cybersecurity. So I started out with building software for enterprise and point security, moving to web application security, and currently focusing on identity and access management. Um, in all of this, what now seems almost like a parallel universe, I have I, I had two beautiful kids of my own and got to experience them blossom into smart, confident kids that they are. Um, and it wasn't always easy to maintain this parallel universes. So I'm really glad that parental leave is gaining its rightful importance in professional space. And many companies these days are offering uh, extended leave beyond what the US state and uh, federal laws mandate. Um, so it was really challenging working with limited leave at that time, plus work visa and also raising a young family. Uh, but I had a really supportive leader. Um, having said that, it did slow my career for about six years because I, not that I'm, I regret, I'm really glad that I could focus more on the kids. Uh, but um, these days, I feel organizations are recognizing these challenges and they're supporting young parents and their career goals. Uh, so, and this is how I kind of found my passion in, in um, security, working through different segments of security. Um, and as I grew in my career as a software engineer, uh, at some point, slowly I realized that, you know, I would be more effective as a leader as an enabler and a multiplier for my team. Uh, that's how I, I, I knew that, you know, those are my core strengths that I would really like to um, utilize. And, uh, and that's how, you know, um, I started thinking about a career in people leadership in the space of cybersecurity. Uh, although it was uh, not a very easy starting out, uh, it did take me a, a long time to convince my leaders that I'm ready for the role and that you need to take a chance on me. But once I got that break, then there was no looking back for me. Currently, I'm leading um, some of the smartest people in the tech, and I'm absolutely loving it. While my journey in as a people leader, I realized how important mentorship is and mentorship is really close to my heart. Uh, and now that I am in a position uh, where I can contribute back uh, in um, some form or the other in the, for the mentorship, I have definitely tried that in many ways um, that possible, uh, both at workplaces, but also through nonprofit organizations that I support and I'm a part of, like OISIS. At my previous uh, workplaces, I've started organization-wide initiatives to bring women in security together to inspire, inform, and uplift each other, or support uh, other mentorship programs serving underrepresented uh, communities. Um, and uh, just being there for someone who can help 
you learn as well. So mentorship is not just a one-way street, you know. It, it may feel that that it is, it's just your time that you're giving away, but that's not true. You learn so much more as part of that journey than what you would potentially offer. So I really am absolutely loving my mentorship uh, programs that I'm part of. Oh, that's great. Well, I want, I have an, a very important question for you and uh, being coming from India and same goes for you. You've come from India as well. So we have always been, you know, under, we have always been protected by our parents. And when we move to a new country or new environment, we are always, we always have this um, in our mind, whether we will be able to adjust to the new environment, how will the things work and all of that. So how was it for you when you moved to Cyprus? Was it easier for you? Was it uh, difficult? And how did you dealt with it? <laughs> um, so, uh- I mentioned earlier, I think, that I was uh, I got this uh, opportunity to work at Cyprus through a college uh, campus placement. And luckily, there were 50 other people uh, who were part of that uh, college campus placements that, uh, uh, that we all came to Cyprus at the same time. Not from just one college, but many different colleges uh, uh, throughout India. So in a way, I was really lucky that I was not the only one coming to a new country. I had other people who were in a similar boat. So it was a full boat rather than just one person on a boat. Yes. And did you meet your uh, husband there as well? Oh, wow. Wow. That's that's so good. (laughs) Did he propose to you or did you propose to him? Ironically, neither of us proposed to each other. We just assumed we are going to be together. So that's just like something that we talk about now. That you know what? Neither of us really proposed to each other. Uh, but yeah, you know, to, to, your, to your question about uh, coming to Cyprus, it was a big cultural mm. difference. Cultural mm. difference uh, coming from uh, India. For me, uh, not as much as probably for my husband or some of the people. Like I, I came from a big city, right? So I was exposed to a lot of. Uh, television uh, probably you know it, it, it was just starting to emerge the, the the global television was starting to emerge and so uh, that was I had some idea and uh, you know it wasn't as much of a culture shock for me but for, for some people okay. it was a very big uh, culture difference mm-hmm. and nevertheless you know just the operation not just about the culture right but also your you are operating as an individual you have to pay your bills you have to you know mm-hmm. you live in a place you have to manage a place you have to change the gas cylinders yes. you have to do everything <laughs> what you were protected from uh, when you were a kid or when you're growing in a family or mm-hmm. even even in, in, in India, right? Even if you're working in India, it, things are a lot different. So yeah, it was a really great learning experience for me. Oh, that's great. And I've seen that you've done amazing work with helping women, um, with helping women and mentoring them. And you've been a great advocate for diversity and equity in cybersecurity and leadership. And you do it all by, you know, mentoring. And you were a part of a Vice's mentorship pilot program as well, which was from 2020 to 21, 2020 to 2021, which was also quite successful. Um, and, you know, I got this chance to actually meet your mentees through, you know, you introduced me all to all of them and they had a great feedback about how you are helping them. and 
and each of them i was just amazed at how focused and determined they both are so when i talk about mentorship or mentoring i always have this questions that why you know there are people who do not have mentors so i always wanted to ask you or maybe shed some light as to why do we need a mentor in our life why is it important first of all what i would like to start with is just telling you a little bit about growing up right growing up i didn't have many role models um let alone women women role models right so i definitely had my mom and my aunt that i looked up to my mom because she's the kindest most dedicated human that i've ever known and i admire my aunt's strength as she raised two kids mostly by herself because uh, her husband's job kept him away from the family for months at a stretch uh, but those were you know to to incredibly uh, in, uh, powerful women in my life and that i'm really thankful for and powerful in their own ways where they are not necessarily uh, great uh, you know like coming across as very uh, Uh, powerful in terms of like aggression or in terms of you know uh, a strength it was it was all uh, mental strength that was really important to me that they shared that they they kind of built those values in me and i'm really thankful uh, for that uh, but uh, coming to my work um as i said you know i didn't have many role models but i found a few as i uh, as i got into my work i i found a few women who were really uh someone that i looked up to and they grew uh, incredibly uh, well in their careers uh, not just because of what um what they've brought to the table at Uh, through their uh, technical skills but also about how they were connecting with different people how they were um interacting with people how they had that broad mindset of absorbing the the information and all of that combined with how they were willing to help other people uh, or other women rise to those opportunities that was something that was really impressive about them and that was something that you know um, left a deep impression on my mind uh, and one of them introduced me to vices um, so uh, once once getting into vices you know uh, it was a classic example of women supporting women and that's what that's what i loved about vices it was bringing together women and allies in cybersecurity Uh, so uh, i'm i'm current uh, member of vices as you mentioned right and uh, i participated in the pilot program for 2020 to 2021 i'm also a continuing uh, 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 uh participant of the mentorship program this year as well uh, but i i did i started out with that mentorship program i've been a speaker with the vices conference at the vices conference wrote an article why cybersecurity need more women and presented a webinar on identity and access management and all of these opportunities i actually got through wises and so this is where that uh, you know how wises as a, an organization helped women uh, shine yes and that's what i really really appreciate i'm really thankful for wises about that but coming to mentorship you know i feel that it takes two to tango um 
it is it is totally on both the mentor and the mentee to build that relationship and it is a very collaborative effort and why it is important is uh, is because you can learn a whole lot on your own but at some point uh when you when you get stuck or when you would love to hear some other perspectives to kind of broaden your horizons you need a mentor who's been in that space for a long time right yes. and that is something that a mentor brings as a value add it's not somebody who is your teacher necessarily always right it is somebody who will help you uh put things in different perspectives mm-hmm. or give you pointers here or there to you know okay have you tried this or have you tried that or you know hey i know about somebody else who's been in the situation maybe if you talk to them you might get a better idea so it's not just always being a teacher it is about being there to support each other and in the process as i said you know it is a two way street the mentor learns so much more from the mentee than what a mentee would necessarily learn from the mentor yeah so uh yeah like i said it, it takes two to tango so mm. uh you have to meet in the middle there is no set mold for mentorship each mentor has their in unique a uh, mentee each mentor and mentee they have their unique goals and skills that they can work through and match through yeah no absolutely very rightly said and i do agree that you know when you are a mentor you are not a teacher or you are not someone who will uh you know provide them all the resources that they want you will tell them that this is the direction but will let them find their way on their own so i have i have i'm glad that i have uh three mentors that do help me out and um whenever i lose my way when I, whenever i want some consultation or direction in life and i'm sure you know we always look whenever there is a stranger and we talk to a stranger and some stranger says you're doing well you're doing amazing keep up the good work you you know your energy builds up to 110% you feel like you have achieved something you're so proud of yourself and that's what a mentor does you know the mentor starts building that hope that you may have lost uh, while all those times and i do believe that a mentor is such an important part of anyone's life and they can definitely help you uh, find that right direction uh, when you don't have one so uh, so just reflecting on those lines uh, i find that i do have mentees as well and i have seen you as a successful mentor having a very successful relationship with the mentee how do you set goals and objectives so that you have that successful outcome at the end of the day you want that you both should be successful but how do you set those um strong objectives for yourself and your mentee that you are aligned with both of them yes um it is very important to understand that mentorship can come in multiple forms uh, sometimes it can be uh, you know constructive or clear goals and sometimes they can be abstract goals so it is a lot about navigating where the person is and meeting them at where they are uh, uh, sometimes 
you know you, it also depends on how much time you have so you have to be very clear of what investment you can really do in a mentee mm-hmm. right uh, and or in a program so if certain programs they have a very clear uh, construct or a structure that we are going to focus on these skill set and in those uh, constructs it is much easier to set goals versus some mentorship programs are very abstract you you are matched with somebody and it is about uh if you have to figure out between the two of you to you know what kind of things that you want to work on what are your problems that you want to want to focus on or or skill sets that you want to hone on and uh, and that's where you, you have to be very mindful of which engagement you want to get into but also um you know how you're uh do what what you're doing best for the mentee in terms of setting the goals um so if the mentee has a very clear idea of these are the particular skill sets that I want to work on then it's very easy to kind of set up incremental goals for uh for those but if they are pretty abstract or you know they just have a goal like a long term goal in mind it becomes a little uh, challenging but that is where you know you can always apply your skills of listening listening really carefully to uh, what they are trying to say dig deeper to understand the real concern or the real uh, skill set or 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 lack of it if you will that they're looking to build um for example it may not be very useful to guide someone on negotiation skills when they may be struggling with imposter imposter syndrome you know or if you have if you're if you want to have uh conversations on best security programs to enroll in when they may be struggling with time management right so sometimes it becomes those abstract problems that you need to or other underlying problems that you first need to address and help them overcome that before actually focusing on the the goals that you set out to yes. to address right so so uh, yeah i think in, in general it is really important to identify uh where they are at meet them where they are at and also be very mindful of the time commitment that you can do because if you don't have that time commitment sometimes it can be you know detrimental to that program where you may end up leaving like a uh, wrong impression of yes. the entire program for them yes but you have to be very very upfront and very uh, forthcoming about your engagement and your availability yes no um, i abs- absolutely can resonate with that that you need to have the clear vision or clear in your mind what do you want out what do you want outside of this conversation like what do you want out of this conversation basically uh if you are if you are you know looking at uh, maybe you know you want to reach at some level in your career path what is the sort of path that you would like to discuss with your mentor so that they know what are the ideas what are the thought process that you are thinking and then they could help you out or maybe um try to share their experiences uh with you but in saying that i have a i have a really tricky question may not be tricky for you but as a leader do you feel that sometimes you have to switch your role as a leader to a mentor in your team oh absolutely all the time as a leader uh, uh when you are working with a team 
uh, as you as you are as you become an enabler for the team, right? That role comes in multiple shapes and forms. So at times you would have to play the role of a mentor. At times it would be of uh, a collaborator. At times it would be just you know just uh, somebody who as an like provides an encouragement. But um, especially uh, you know I've had multiple opportunities where I had to play the role of a mentor to uh, to be able to. Uh, you know, guide my uh, team members in both soft skills as well as uh, technical skills and finding the right pair for for my team members in terms of, you know, hey, uh, this is a skill set that you and I can work together. For example, as a leader, if someone is looking to also get into the space of leadership, some of the core skills that you would need as a leader is accountability, responsibility. And, and, uh, making people kind of understand that or express them or give opportunity to to kind of shine on those skills is is very critical so how do you really identify opportunities for people to to build those skills or to showcase those skills you can do it through your uh, through the projects you know you give them the right responsibility and see how they deliver on it and continuously uh, mentor them Feedback is a very critical piece of mentorship. Uh, and when I mean by feedback, it is a very, it is a timely feedback. So you have to be able to give constructive feedback to uh, to the people that you're mentoring. Uh, yeah. It's not always about, you know, you can do it or you, you did this great. Okay. Also about, hey, you know, this is something that uh, is an area of improvement and you could have done this like in this fashion, it would have been much better. Or what are your thoughts about an alternate approach? And kind of let them think through the process and see where they could have improved themselves. Do you think that leader is someone who knows everything? Or do you do you find you also Google something sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> I think being a leader is acknowledging that you don't know everything. <laughs> because if you think you do everything then you know it's like that you you don't you you're pretty much you know like you don't need anyone to support you that's not true right uh, uh you you have your limited um uh capacity of knowledge so it's it's it is a very important that you acknowledge that you don't do everything and that you need help mm-hmm. all the time. Yes. And much more than, you know, it, it's important to reach out to people that you can trust, people that you can rely on as mentors to uh, get different opinions and get different perspectives. Uh, you know, they can always help you help share their perspectives, if nothing else, right? It is not just about teaching someone. So as, as a person, in, uh, I have look, I've been looking up to a lot of mentors, uh, uh, you, you know, in, in my previous workplace or even my current workplace. Um, and I would say in addition to a mentor, it is also important to have a sponsor, so having that right mix of mentorship and sponsorship is very important. And you have to be very mindful that these two are very different roles, although they can be you know, confused at, at many times. A mentor is somebody who will, uh, 
who will help you build your skills, who will help you uh, build connections, meet different people. A sponsor is someone who will advocate for you when the right opening or a right position is open that you are really looking for or that you may be a great fit for, even if you don't see that. Yes. So that is a big difference. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and I have, I'm really glad that I've had both of those in my, um, uh, you know, in my life. Very rightly said. I mean, yes. And this, this keep, you know, um, brought me to think that how can, you know, one get a sponsor? So what is your view on having someone as a sponsor, as you said, that it's also quite important. So how can someone get that help wherein, you know, uh, if there is an opportunity, if there is um, somewhere that, you know, you see that your friend or uh, your coolie, coolie can fit in very well and you could just vouch out for them, how can you become a sponsor for them? How can you find one and how can you be a sponsor? Uh, that's that's a that's a really great question, uh, Amina. Uh, first of all, before finding a sponsor, I think the important thing is first knowing what you want. Okay, once you know what you want, you need you you have the uh, 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 once you once you know what you want, you you can look out for what uh, kind of sponsorship that you need. Uh, let's say you want to grow as a people leader in a particular domain, right? And you know that this is something that you want and this is something that you have worked very hard to building that skill set. Now it's a matter of finding that opportunity. How do you find a sponsor? Typically, a sponsor is someone that you would uh, that that would be in your uh, in your organization or the organization that you are looking to uh, to fit into, right? It, it is one of the people in those uh, uh, organization hierarchy somewhere uh, in the line, or somebody who has influence on uh, that organization, in, uh, somebody who's a decision maker or an influencer on that decision making. It can be in that organization or it could be somewhere outside in another organization as well, right? So, but all of that you can build through networking, through building connections. Yes. Um, uh, so sometimes a sponsor, uh, a mentor can also be a sponsor, but that is not necessarily always you know, like uh, true, it's not, uh, it's not needed that it doesn't mean just because you're a mentor, that the person will also be a sponsor. sponsor yeah, yeah. but for finding sponsorship, it, uh, it takes uh, a little bit of uh, uh, connection building to find to, to find the right uh, network in the right places. And before and for that, the pre work is knowing where you want to be, and building those right connections. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, this is a great point. And I know few sponsors who are, who have always been very supportive into uh, helping me out with my initiatives and everything. And um, so I know that, you know, this is a sponsor and this is my mentor. Um, but it's good to know that we need to have balance of both so that uh, we can reach out to both of them wherever needed. Uh, well, Moving on from mentorship, sponsorship, going to leadership now. Uh, so I've seen that, uh, you know, 
as we grow in our careers and we move from individual contributors to leadership and leaders are not someone who are born but they are made they also practice they also learn from different um challenges that they go through and that is how leaders are uh made basically when they enter into an organization everything is different for them and i've seen while talking to different people that you know leaders are uh leaders uh, leaders have more responsibilities as compared to individual contributors because they are taking the whole team together and looking at their work as well as doing their own work so according to you how can one become a successful leader what are the different metrics or how do you see someone becoming a successful leader in their role uh you talked about responsibility and accountability you know those are really uh, two key aspects uh, of leadership uh in addition to being an enabler for the team you're responsible for your team you're responsible for the deliverable of what your team is working on and you are the one who's accountable the buck stops at you you know for the external world um so this is my personal view so i'm just going to put a disclaimer on that mm-hmm. but i think most women are nurturers and uh, as you tra- as you said right traditionally we've been seen as homemakers um well, what that means to me is it is shouldering responsibility of running a household not just a kitchen or not just caring for just your loved ones but keeping the whole house together and so these characteristics are naturally conducive to to you know traits such as responsibility and accountability that is expected of a leader so in a way i think women are natural leaders um so yeah uh, you know uh, and women do take a lot uh, uh, on themselves uh, as a leaders um so it is important to just make sure that that you have that right balance in life when you are taking on the responsibility so as a leader right you know some of the things that you have to be very mindful of is uh delegation um negotiation and uh you know sharing so it is you cannot do everything as a leader even though you think that you can do everything you cannot multitask you have to be able to delegate effectively to be able to work smartly and that is that is really important as a leader uh to to be able to uh, identify who is the best fit for the role who is um who has the ability to grow into so you know nurture the careers to grow their careers yes. uh, so identifying those different uh, areas is is very critical as a leader and uh, building the right team uh, there's a great book called a good to great uh and it talks about leader five uh, uh level 5 leadership and it talks about um bringing the right people on the bus before deciding where to go and so as a leader you have to be able to find the right team uh to know that uh, once you have the right people on board uh, you will be able to take the bus in the direction that you want to amazing amazing 
very nicely said oh that's great uh, you need to have a bus which has the right team so that you can be the driver of the bus <laughs> that's that's very very nicely said so um and i see that you have just moved into a new company with a new role and was it difficult or easier for you to settle into this role during the covid times and if not what are the few tweaks that you made to ease into your role yeah uh, yeah just like so many of us i you know i also found myself suddenly in this covid mix right so uh, when when you're talking about easing into a role um it, it was a dual uh, role right like easing into the role of a full time homemaker and also a full time uh office worker right so like both of those so it seemed like you're playing a double duty all the time uh, it took it took a while but you know thankfully my kids are very independent so uh, you know uh, like i said you know being able to effectively delegate is very important yes. so knowing when to delegate what tasks to your kids or setting the boundaries about uh, you know um uh, how to approach when when you're conducting a meeting how the kids you know it, it totally depends upon the age of the kids also so you know you can't tell that to a toddler or a, or a, you know a 5 year old do not enter the meeting room uh, but it is a little bit easier as my kids are a little older than that so uh, but it did take time uh, to adjust to that uh, you know like my kids lost the password for their online learning tool and mm-hmm. suddenly i had to stop my meeting to go uh, go address that so you have to be very um accepting of that and through the pandemic something that i've realized and something i'm really happy about is that everybody else around you was in the same situation right so everybody was accepting about those facts and about those um interrupts That's if you will so, yes yes so uh what what's a few things that helped was definitely uh acknowledging upfront uh and you know setting those expectations with the people as you get into meetings or as you get into a work time that there may be interruptions uh just just a small acknowledgement sometimes helps you know it just puts that people in people's mind okay you know what if something like this happens uh you know it's very natural even if people were not uh, aware of it earlier or were not used to it before but uh additionally some of the key things that helped me were prioritization you know how do you prioritize uh, work and again i'll give you a reference to one of my favorite books uh, uh seven habits of highly effective people by stephen covey and it mm-hmm. talks about a prioritization magic quadrant um so uh evaluating any thought or action through that uh, framework was really really helpful so identifying what is important and urgent important but not urgent urgent but not important and not important and not urgent so figuring out what to focus on first was uh, was something that 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 really helped so uh, you know if you if you can focus if you can focus on important but not urgent it will slowly reduce your burden on important and urgent you know take 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 care of the things that are important but you feel that you know they can wait sometimes they can't really wait you should you should just pay attention to those because otherwise they can become those urgencies yes. uh, and uh, health is a very good example of uh, of that right so yes. sometimes we put take the health takes a back seat uh and 
suddenly one day it becomes important and urgent. Yes. yes. Right. And that is, that, that's where uh, uh, I know it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But so for me personally also, even though I know about all of this, it is very hard to, to apply that to each and every case. Mm-hmm. But uh, in addition to that, just having a plan A and then having a plan B was really important as I eased into the new role. Uh, so I accepted this job at uh, uh, at a company and I onboarded all virtually, right, during this pandemic. Um, so having a plan A and a plan B for just understanding how my first 90 days are going to work out was important and communicating it to uh, to my leaders and my my team about here is a journey that we are going on together and I would you would be helping me uh, be successful really helped because you know they became a part of my success journey yeah yeah and you reflected on a very uh, critical point here that you know make your health important for yourself Uh, don't wait for it to become urgent for you so a uh, very important message for our listeners here that stick to a diet or stick to your workout plan so that it's important as well to look after yourself and your health uh, at the same time when you're working or having your own uh, managing your home um, so coming back to this point is there anything that you would like to change from your past two years and reflect on it in the future? Uh, actually, you, you talked about two, two major things here. So let, let's, let, let me tell you a little bit about some of the things that, that worked yeah. for me uh, in terms of health, uh, right? And it's not perfect uh, because pandemic was not easy on me during mm-hmm. on my health as well. Uh, but uh, tuning out of work and tuning into life is really important. Uh, traditionally, when you go to work and then you have a little bit of a commute and then you come home, that commute becomes that point of separation from your work life, uh, between your work life and your home life. With this work from home, you are some, in, in my, like in, at least in my case, I was always mentally in that same space. I never was able to come out of uh, that work mindset into my uh, life mindset. Uh, so, so I had to make those very conscious decisions about uh, tuning out of work and tuning into life. So like making sure that I have a do not disturb snooze or notifications outside of work. Uh, you know, if it, if it uh, can't wait, you can call me. You don't have to, you know, I don't have to pay attention to each and every Slack message or each and every email that is coming my way. So that's where, you know, a do not disturb snooze uh, um, definitely help. And, uh, you know, just making sure that you're taking small breaks very more often is important even if that while you're taking the small break you want to multitask and maybe you know just uh, go for work a on your garden or or you know <laughs> uh, you know like do something in the in, in the kitchen or just uh, yeah you know take a short walk that's up to you but but take those small uh, breaks and that that's really important sometimes it's very easy to schedule one meeting after the other after the other and can just go on without you even getting up from your seat especially you know when you get into the the people leadership where most of your time is in is 
involved in meeting other people, connecting with different people, uh, it can become very challenging. Uh, and, and, and then you talked about a very important other point about, uh, you know, if I were to reflect on the points and what could I change? Uh, I think that's a very important question because that has something that has uh, impacted me quite a bit and something that I reflected on really for a long, long time. So just like many women, I made the assumptions that my career growth will come if I work hard enough and I will get noticed. But that's not necessarily true. Uh, uh, you know, people have that mindset of complacency. If things are working, why change? So you have to be in the driver's seat for your own, your own career. If you want to go somewhere, you have to drive there. You cannot expect a bus will come along to take you and and go there. Um, although, you know, I'm not sure if that's a great analogy because I love public transportation <laughs> rather than having to drive myself. <laughs> but in this case, it was, you know, just applicable that like you have to you have to take charge is what I meant. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, you have to create a plan for uh, for building that career path and you have to reach out to your uh, stakeholders or people leaders in this case to execute on that. You know, what do you need and how can you get there? Help me. If not, then direct me on who can help me there or figure out, you know, like take charge of your uh, career path. I personally waited for way too long. Um, and so that's where I felt that, you know, I should have done something much sooner than. But than how, but how do, how does someone, sorry to interrupt you, but how does, someone know and how being a woman we want to be perfect in all the aspects of like like for me I want to be perfect with helping my kid to study with helping with them um, you know if they need some help with their education I want to give them 100% so that they can become better leaders they can become better innovators and at the same time I want to give 100% of myself to work and want to see myself getting that perfection but I've seen that leaders are also someone who are not perfect right they are also growing um, but as a woman or as someone as an individual contributor how can someone know that this is the right time to shift your focus into becoming uh, to getting more responsibilities or moving up the ladder uh, one good measure is to to feel whether uh, you are complacent, getting complacent, or you're getting bored with what you're doing, or you're get or the things or work that you're doing is becoming very easy. If you get into that state, you know that you need to grow, right? And that's where that that growth aspiration kicks in typically. So be mindful of when your work starts becoming uh, easy and that's where you need to start challenging yourself you brought up a very important point about uh, or a very important example about helping your wanting to help your kids but also wanting to grow your career at the same time so uh, here is how I see it this is this is completely my perspective uh, life is not a direct current it is an alternating current right so you have to it it has its ebbs and flows so you have to go with it um 
at times there will be uh, situations where you know your kids need more attention or your life needs more attention and there will be at times where you know once you've solved a certain area you can focus more attention on the other area give yourself that time but also let your leaders know that you need that time and these are your priorities as long as you are ready to uh, take on both you'll be surprised how much support you'll find so that's where you know it is important to ask for it don't assume just ask for it but know where you can be most effective at any given time or what needs your more attention pay more attention to that and then uh then come back and focus on some other things so so give yourself that room to grow in in areas in uh time slicing not multitasking so that's the terminology that i like to use a lot um I, I like a lot of people say that women can multitask in my opinion at least for in my case I don't think I can multitask but I can time slice so you know it's like give a slice of your time to certain thing do it well then allocate the time slice uh, to to the next thing and and do that well if uh, you know that's kind of you know iterative growth both in personal and as well as uh, as professional life Uh, but yeah many many women they do face this and i would like to leave this leave this thought uh, uh about you know imposter syndrome so you know women do feel that i'm not fit for doing this because i have and they sometimes they find reason to to justify that okay you know what i have so much work at my or uh, so much going in my my personal life that i cannot focus on my work so i'm not ready for this uh and it it becomes a cycle so you have to be very mindful about that imposter syndrome and and get yourself out of it yeah yes uh, absolutely and i think um, imposter syndrome is something that you have to carry with yourself for some time until you friend you know fear your fear becomes your friend and you do that friendship with that fear and say i'm not i'm not af- afraid of you you are my friend and i will let you i i will go along with you but i will let not let you take control over me so Absolutely. you you said that very well because that is my philosophy as well you know what i always tell my mentees is imposter syndrome is good in very small doses because it keeps you on your feet you know because you because of that imposter syndrome you want to uh you're well you're better prepared than others in the meeting or in the room right and um this is some this is this is a really interesting uh interesting thought that i had about this whole imposter syndrome and people about you know yeah imposter syndrome is 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 really bad and i completely agree with that imposter syndrome is something that you shouldn't women should should be kind of sharing uh but i would like to highlight that uh whether you call it imposter syndrome or that need to be prepared you have to that that helps you be the uh best prepared person in the room and but having said that then the next step is to making sure that you voice your opinions mm-hmm. right and uh very recently there was uh, this article uh, uh floating around in uh or actually a, a talk by listening about building your own table and that is that is the absolutely awesome to see yes. how we have in our uh 
thought and in our mindset, we are progressing from bringing women to the room to making them have get a seat at the table to progressing to building your own tables. Mm-hmm. That is really impressive progress progression, and and that is what is needed. You don't have to find a seat at the table anymore. You have the capacity to build the table yes. for yourself and for others, um, and be be the leader and be in that leading position. Yes, um, yes, and we were talking about it before this recording, and it was an absolute. Uh, and when i see and listen to these stories wherein uh, you know people have created their own women have tried to build their own uh, tables and have their own tables where they feel accepted where they feel that they are the charge of the table instead of bringing the seat where the table may not you know people do not accept you so it's good to have a room where people ha- accept you and also a table where you feel accepted and then you can grow within that room and you have a proper seat at the table as well so um definitely and thanks sheetal i think i've learned so much during this converse- conversation about how you grow into the role in in tech and how you are supporting other women in technology and helping others to grow um as a leader as an enabler and also learned about you know how a women can reflect can befriend the the fears and do not have to multitask you can just time slice so what are so important and amazing points that we learned from you and thanks a lot for sharing your views and perspectives with us thank you for coming on the show Thank you Amina you yourself are such an accomplished leader and such an accomplished mom uh, so you know what it is to uh, play those multiple hats and and uh, be very successful at uh, everything that you do and you you yourself bring uh, so much value to uh, empowering women in cybersecurity and encouraging women in cybersecurity so I really applaud uh, your uh, efforts and really appreciate you asking me to join you in this show. Uh, it was my pleasure and honor. Thank you so much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Living and Breathing Technology Podcast with Amina Agarwal. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.